He has a hair trigger mechanism ingrained into every fiber of his being that simultaneously and reflexively identifies and detaches him from any female he's involved with that gives him even one iota of feminist bullshit. He doesn't uphold, maintain, or pursue relationships. He's seen enough relationships to know that the ship is sinking. He isn't a partisan. He understands the futility of believing that the White House or the halls of Congress or Parliament or wherever his politicians conduct business are anything other than the ground zero epicenters of feminist power and influence. The post-feminism man isn't a nice guy, thug, a bad boy, or an educated man, or whatever. He isn't concerned with providing for or banging child support obsessed baby mamas and he recognizes these two groups of men as nothing more than two warring factions of men grandstanding and vying for access to used up pussy. He's not a race, he's not a sperm donor, he's not an ATM machine or anything else. The only thing that the post-feminism man irrefutably is and will be is what he's always been, just a man ready and willing and fully equipped to withstand and confront Marxist feminism on all of its fronts. Warning, this podcast contains graphic language. What's happening, Metal? Big shout out to all the subscribers out there and all the Metal listening around the world. You're right here, Ken the Rican Podcast, one of the hottest podcasts for Metal and Metal only. I'm right here in the Northwest, podcasting it up all around the world, Metal. I would like to give thanks. The podcast is getting bigger. That's mean we're getting away from cock two. We're doing a, having a different alternative and we're doing our own thing out here, Metal. Well, happy Monday. I hope you guys had a good weekend out there doing all kinds of fun shit, activity or working, whatever you guys do on the weekend. You know, hope you uh, enjoy yourself. But it's Monday. We're back on the grind. We're back doing this shit. We are back exposing the feminism. Two, these two segments about feminism. And I like to give shout out to Hammerhand and Cindy Metal for putting this article out there. But you know, I'm unique. I do my own shit. And we're going to hear about this fucking skink. Let me talk about this fucking feminist skink. Um, subhuman from the pits of hell. Because that's where they are. And this bitch is always talking bullshit. Just trash. Filth. That's what they talk to. Filth. Don't, I'm, 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 riled, I'm riled up. Excuse me. Let, me. let me settle down here. God damn it, Metal. Let me settle down here. Because some of this shit. You know, I put all these articles and, and, and read. And it sound bites, and when I hear, I just go crazy. I use insanity. You know, I don't know if you heard the podcast a couple of days ago. Women are desperate because they can find a man, and they're making more money than men. And we got these fucking um, feminist crazy nuts out there claiming the patriarchy, which that never insisted. They're just crazy. You know, I thought that you know these feminists, <laughs> this type of bitch I'm about to talk about right here, this Mona, 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 whatever her last name is. Um, I call them foot soldier feminists. You know, those are the foot soldiers. You gotta understand it. Feminists, the reality of feminism, there's only 5% of them um, in the Western world that consider, of women who consider themselves feminists. But you have to realize something, gentlemen. These feminist bitches out there, they're in high power. You know, they're lawyers, they're doctors, they are in, um, they, um, in um, different places, even in the White House. Ivanka Trump is a world feminist. They're everywhere, academia, you name it. Feminism is just, is the blame why society is the way that they are. It's feminism. Um, that's why the genders right now, they're at war because feminism had a lot to do 
what's going on in today's society. When you, when you look at my podcast or listen to the podcast, I talk about more, uh, boys' issues. I talk about men's issues. And a lot of the shit got to do because of feminism. But I digress because this fucking skank make me fucking sick. They really do metal. So this, uh, let me put out this article right here by this mana, the skank here. Well, um, this chick, she's an American and she's doing this thing out there in Canada. This is by the um, CBC. And she said, I want the patriarchy to fear women. Mona Elidakwi. Um, the time for being civil and peaceful and polite is over. And I'm not going to read the article. You know, I usually do um, the computer and read the article for you. But this time, we need to listen to this fucking um, skank from the pits of hell. I don't know where she crawled out and shit like that. This red-headed glass bitch looking ugly, hideous, 50-year-old bitch that just hit the wall like years ago. And she's out there talking a bunch of nonsense. And um, I thought Canada... Because she wasn't kind of when this happened, this um, podcast. Um, oh, yeah, and it's feminist. We, we're doing something against the feminist podcasters. So we got feminist podcasters. We got metal against feminism podcast. We right here exposing the fucking skank. The next segment is going to be another podcaster who's a feminist. And we're going to get into that a little later. So you stay here and, and check out this podcast. It's hot as a pistol. Damn it, metal. So let's play this fucking skank. What she had to say. About the patriarchy and all the feminist bullshit they always throwing out there. So let's play this shit. You essentially reject the idea that the patriarchy can be overturned, can be dismantled, can be burned to the ground while being civil, peaceful, and polite. And so you argue that violence is a necessary sin for women and girls. I'm, I mean, that is highly controversial. What? exactly do you mean by that right i understood it was highly controversial and i was intentional because i know people say listen civility is so important but i'm also seeing what's happening in the united states today with this concept of civility and that basically we're asked to be civil to people who are racist and who do not recognize the full humanity of us people of color and i say sometimes we can persuade people to see how civility in the context of racism is basically just upholding the power of racism and i'm maintaining in the same way that um freedom fighters and liberation movements against occupying forces have claimed for themselves the right to liberate themselves using anything at their disposal including violence that we should have that right against patriarchy so what i do in that chapter here is knowing that this is very disturbing I ask people to imagine. Now, I'm using this word imagine and I'm underlining it three times. I'm saying imagine a scenario in which we kill a certain number of men every week. How many men must we kill until patriarchy sits across the table from us and says, okay, stop? What must we do so that you can stop this culling? Now, I'm saying imagine. I'm not saying go out there and kill a hundred men today. I'm saying just imagine this very, very disturbing scenario. And I know it's disturbing. Now, interestingly, since my book came out and since people have been reading it, several women have said to me, oh my God, I'm a mother of sons. 
What are you talking about? How can you be talking about this? And I say to them, you are more upset and disturbed at the imaginary scenario of violence against your sons than the actual violence that is committed every day against your daughters or someone else's daughter. What does that mean about what patriarchy has done to us? Okay, in the real world, so let's get out of imaginary world because I need to clear a couple things up because, you know, a lot of people are with Mona El-Tahawi up, up until this point in our conversation and mm-hmm. then, you know, you're losing them, right? And so I want to give you the opportunity to explain some more so when you're talking about violence in the real world and you're advocating for it you are talking about physical violence i am you know that is so surprising to hear in part or mostly because mona you have been subject to violence yourself you described the instances of sexual violence of physical violence Mm. on your body Mm. and so i don't get it why My answer to why is because I want patriarchy to fear feminism. I want patriarchy to fear women. I want that man who I beat up in the club in Montreal, when he stood up and wanted to see who is this woman who just beat me up, he will never forget that he was beaten up because he grabbed a woman's ass. He will never forget that. And I want him to remember that. And that look of terror in his eyes, I want that terror to be the way that patriarchy reacts to feminism. And the day that I beat that man up, I started another hashtag called hashtag I beat my assaulter. And it too went viral and women across the world, Pia, flooded my timeline with stories of when they beat up their assaulter. Now, I'm going to continue, but before I do, I want to, to, to say a very important thing here. My main priority for women is to survive. And so when women have asked me, but you know, what if I'm in a dark alley somewhere and this guy's like six four five and I'm five five two? I say to her, look, your priority is to survive. So when you can be violent, be violent. But number one, survive. So let's assume that you have survived. That night, after I beat up that man and I started hashtag I beat my assaulter, a professor of law, Professor Marianne Franks, she sent me this article and she said, I want you to read this article I've written about what she calls optimal violence. And in this article, she is advocating, this professor of law, that more women need to practice justifiable violence against the unjustifiable violence practiced on them by men. Because she says, when we start to do that, justifiable violence against unjustifiable violence, there will be this optimal balance of violence in society. And she says, you see that optimal balance when men themselves are walking down the street and they think twice before beating up another man because they think, you know what, he might fight back and he might be better at fighting me. Men never think that when it comes to women. So she wrote, so she sent me this article and she said, what you did in that club is an example of you maintaining this optimal violence that we need to create this balance in society. Um, there are people being violent right now, throwing things at their radio. So I'm going to keep pushing you. Uh, you know, violence tends to engender more violence. It can, but you know what? My question here, Pia, is how long must we wait so that men stop raping us? How long and what will it take so that men stop murdering us, stop beating us up? Because, you know, people say to me, well, there's a law, Mona. There is a law. Go to the legal system. And very soon after I was sexually assaulted and I had my limbs broken in Cairo, 
Gloria Steinem, who I had been in conversation with just two weeks before I was assaulted in Egypt, recommended an incredible book to me called Trauma and Recovery by a feminist psychiatrist called Judith Herman. And in that book, Judith Herman compares the very visible PTSD and trauma that soldiers return from war with and that we as a society acknowledge because we build them the memorial to the unknown soldier, etc., etc. And she asks, do we recognize the invisible PTSD and trauma that women carry within them after rape and sexual assault? And we don't have any memorials to women who are sexually assaulted and raped. That would be the equivalent of the memorial to the unknown soldier. And she says, when women do try to use the legal system, it's almost like they're being raped or sexually assaulted a second time if, first of all, their complaint of rape is taken seriously and investigated. And an even bigger if it goes to trial. And so she says something that I repeat again and again. The legal system was designed to protect men from the superior power of the state, but not to protect women and children from the superior power of men. Okay. So when people say to me, what, Mona, what are you doing? Oh, respect the law. The law does not protect me. Okay. I think I'm picking up what Mona Altahoe is putting down here. But you're not talking about random acts of violence here, as I understand it. You are specifically talking about individual retaliation. I'm talking about individual retaliation, and I'm also talking about... So I, I was in Bosnia, and I was in Rwanda. In So Bosnia for, for the first time in 2016, and Rwanda 2017. And I mentioned those two instances, because when I was there, I was taken to sites where incredible and horrendous crimes of war committed against the bodies of women in the form of sexual violence because rape and sexual assault are used as weapons of war against women and never recognized as weapons of war. Only recently have these been declared as weapons of war and crimes against humanity and people have been held accountable for them. And when I was there, I just thought... Uh, there was one place in particular in Bosnia that is a hotel and spa pier. And this hotel and spa was used as a rape concentration camps where at least 200 Bosnian Muslim girls and women were kept and raped every day. Six months after it was shut down, it reopened again as a hotel and spa. So I, I mention this because I'm not calling just for individual acts of self-defense. I'm calling for us to imagine something as equally horrific as this rape concentration camp. Because where this rape concentration camp happened, where these horrors happened, is now a hotel and spa, as if nothing happened to these women and girls. Now, obviously, this is an extreme example. But I want people to understand that this is what we do. We shrug and we say, ah, yeah, yeah, let's just reopen the hotel and just act like nothing happened. And the daily equivalent of that is I ask people to imagine that every act of sexual violence was reported on the radio as it happened. Every act of murder or violence against a woman and girl was reported on the TV as it happened. There would be nothing left on air. There would be no room left on air to report about anything else. And so I maintain that we have so pushed this to the background that we, we've normalized violence against girls and women and we ignore it. So I want to shock people through this imaginary scenario. And I'm also quoting again this professor of law who says, you know, when she advocates for this optimal violence, this optimal balance of violence, she says there will be occasional abuses of that. 
And there will be occasional acts of violence that are not just justifiable violence or self-defense. And sadly, they, they will exist, but they will not be enough or they shouldn't be enough to basically throw out what I'm advocating because every day men continue this unjustifiable violence against women. So I want people to look at the big picture here, to stop focusing on what I'm trying to make them imagine and to focus on what happens every day, which is even worse than what I'm trying to imagine because it's not imaginary, it's real violence. Well, gentlemen, you heard little Mao. This is just a prime example of Marxist feminism. She's out there advocating violence against men you know the lady's in denial she's everywhere you you heard the interview she start out with one thing and the next shit she end up in a fucking war zone and same rapes and shit the spoil of war has been going on like this for centuries that's what happened in war women get raped men get raped too that's the shit that's the ugly shit about war it happens but i'm not gonna the war part that's just her copying out of the main topic that she trying to portray which she's advocating violence um, against men now the western men is very civil yes we do have our cases out here in the western world but go to like she goes she was out there in, in Egypt on all those middle um, middle east countries they're, they're not that civil like the western men Matter of fact, the Western man is being attacked from every angle, especially since she want to bring the court system. Look what the Western man had to face with the court system, the gynocentric court system. She don't have a clue what the fuck she's talking about. She don't have shit. It's a maniac. It's a maniac who belongs in a mental hospital, locked up, and throw away the keys and give her some medication. It's too much bullshit with this fucking Marxist feminine. That's what she is, a, a Maui, a little Castro. That's, this is just a perfect example of Marxist feminist, gentlemen. Right here, you heard her. She's nuts. She's crazy. She belong in a, in a cuckoo's nest out there. Locked up. Can you believe they let, they let some humans like this walk on Earth and then talk about this shit? And I believe that's, that's Canada. I don't know Canadian. I know, I know Canada is the second country they listen to the podcast. You need to get this shit investigated out there because there's a hate speech in Canada. Search this chick. Get her out of the country. Kick her fucking ass out of there. She don't belong there. We are hate speech. For God's sake. Unbelievable meta. The shit I got to put up with. It's insanity. When I hear this shit, I do want to fucking throw my uh, something at the radio. I know you guys was feeling the same way too. Look at You guys were thinking, look at this crazy bitch. What the fuck she's talking about? She don't have a fucking clue what's going on. She's on her fucking... Um, feminist world with victimized and, and playing victim like they always do. I think I had a doubt that she was um whatever she was portraying because a lot of these skinks they lie about their situation anyway. She said she was assault and all that shit, and um, she was talking about the, in the case that she beat up a, the the accuser has that last year she was in a club with her boyfriend and somebody just grabbed her ass. I doubt that story. Nobody gonna grab a 50-year-old, crusty old ass and shit the way she look, for God's sake. This bitch will be lying all the fucking time about salt and shit. Bullshit. I call that shit bullshit. Well, let's finish this um, segment right here with this Marxist feminist skank. Let's give her two shotguns to the dome. Well, gentlemen, 
I'll be right back with more insanity. See you in a bit, metal. is advised one woman danger 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 welcome back metal well you know they got these feminists out there doing podcasts so you know we got to do the counter uh, podcast thank you for being here thank you for being part of the podcast let's give it up for metal gentlemen well they got these um feminist women out there i guess she belongs for one of the cable network uh, doing some analysis and financial um wall street type of chick bitch feminist skank and uh, she has a podcast going on out there but i'm about to get into female nature and um you want to see these two women she's gonna have a, a debate with her mother and this a lot of times, most of the times, women they don't go, to, they don't get along with each other, not at all. Sometimes they they view different points, and women they actually they hate each other. They always look into each other's shit, from the hair to the makeup to the shoes to the purses to the husbands. They always competing, especially in family members and shit. And this is just a perfect sample of mother and daughter. This bitch, she's called the the podcast is called uh, Modern Rules with Stephanie Rules, and this is from that crappy ass MSNBC. What a pile of shit up network! I don't watch none of the um, mainstream network and shit like that. So let's give it a fucking boo for this fucking skink who thinks all fucking hot and shit because she got a sorry ass feminist podcast. When you hear this shit. You're going to be, oh, man, bitches, they don't like each other. Um, I like the point of view of her mom, but I still don't trust her mom. You know, I really don't because all these bitches make me sick. But you're going to see um, a signs of um, society collapsing. And when you see this um, interview, her mother, she's a, tra- a traditionist and her daughter is a feminist. And... um. She's out there interviewing her mother and how she was grown up. And obviously, she was uh, married to her dad. So she grew up in a nuclear family. And I guess she decided to go to the big city and make herself her na- name out there. Went to college. Do the same bullshit with women bitching and complaining now. Because they went to college. They put the life, um, the family life last and careers first and now like you saw in previous podcasts they bitching out there because men are making not not making enough money for the skanks so this is your modern rules your modern feminist women marxist feminist women well she's gonna sit here and have a a dialogue with her mother regarding to um, feminism and like i said previously her mother's more in the traditional side so without further ado, let's hear these bitches what they're talking about here, Metal. Because the simple fact is they think that they want to take the airwave and talk about feminism. They're fucking wrong. As long as I'm in, I'm, I'm in here, I'm not the most educated like these bitches who, go, who graduated from whatever Princeton and got a nice accent and her verbal diarrhea sounds really nice and bullshit. 
Well, I can call, I can call the bullshit what it is. Just a bunch of horse shit manure that these bitches um talking about here in this um, feminist agenda they putting out here. But we just out here, you know, expressing ourselves and how it goes, it goes. I don't really give a fuck. But no further ado, let's let's hear this shit, gentlemen. And there's some people who don't feel that these changes include them or even respect their lifestyles. One of those people is my mom, my one and only Louise Rule. So, something that you and I have often, I found, disagreed on. <laughs> I think you're the strongest woman I know. You think I'm a strong woman. Yet, if I said to you, Mom, Louise, are you a feminist? What would you say? No. Why? What do you think a feminist is? Oh, uh, I think a person that's not satisfied in the role that women play. You know, the role that women are longing to get, and they strive for it differently than I would as a woman. They seem to think they have to come in like a gangbuster. They seem to think they have to shove the fact that they're women down everybody's throat instead of being accomplished in your own right, whether you're a woman or not. They seem to think they have to push it, push it, push it. And you don't have to push it. I like people to open the doors. I like people to say, I look nice. That's not an insult. That's not something terrible. Feminists don't want that. We're equal. No. I want somebody to say, I look nice yesterday. That doesn't mean I look like horror the day before. I like compliments. I like to be appreciated. And women don't think that's necessary. They think that's kind of like demeaning, and it's not demeaning. But don't you think this is a confusing time? Because you want me, your daughter, to go to work. And you believe in me. And you think I should absolutely have the right to be the most senior person in my company. You think I deserve to be the highest paid person if that's what my work warrants. But then after work, you also think that a guy should get on his knee and propose to me and buy me a big ring. And then when we go to dinner, he should pick up the tab. Isn't that confusing? The word deserve comes into all that. And deserve is on the back end of what you just said as well as the front end. You deserve a big ring. You deserve him to be on the knee. That's 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 like, that's what men do. Propo- why? If, if I, because that's if a, I, a traditional proposal and I'm a traditionalist. You just said that. But if you're a traditionalist and at the same time you believe in me and you think I should make the money and have the big job. If then you which deserve one it? it. If you deserve yes, it. But not which because one you should be it? given it because you're a woman. No, of course not. But I'm saying... But that's what feminists do in some cases. They don't think they've been equally treated because they were women. If they deserve it, they should have always gotten Do you what think they women today are, equ- are treated equally? In some arenas, yes. In some, absolutely not. In what arenas do you think women are treated equally? I think in, in business... You think we're treated equally? If they deserve it and have earned it, it shouldn't just be given to them. You know this. Every promotion I've ever gotten, every big trade I've ever done, everywhere I go, people have always assumed she must have slept with somebody to get that. You know people think that of me. Yes. So I don't get treated equal. No, no. That's a perception on their part. You have earned everything you've gotten. And I know that for a fact because I know how hardworking you are. People assume a lot of things, especially women against women. So how do you? How have you dealt with that all these years, right? People have often thought the worst of someone like me, and you know that. And what do you think of that? I think it's a foolish assumption. It's a terrible disgrace that people are so judgmental when they don't know the facts, but they're quick to use their tongues to be cutting to other people. The biggest weapon people have is the tongue, you know. That can kill many. No guns, no knives, the tongue. But maybe the idea of a feminist mom is someone who just wants everyone to get their own, to get an equal shot. You don't think that's what feminists do? 
Maybe you don't. In your mind, you think a feminist is a fighter. It's a pusher. It's a person that thinks they're deserving of it, whether they are deserving of it. And I don't think so. I think you really have to earn it. You don't just get it because you're a woman. Like, I don't think that because there are not enough women on the fire department, you should become a fire. I mean, if there's a man that's 200 pounds on the roof and you gave a girl that's a woman that's 5'2", she's not going to be able to carry that man down. But she should have a job as a firefighter? Maybe because she might be 5'2", but she might be just as strong as he is. But maybe not because they want to make have more women on the fire department. Why do you think that? I mean, people love to say, like, oh, there's this war on men. Do you think there's a war on men right now? I think women are are really taking down men and they're taking their dignity away by being so aggressive in their way of ha how they are with men. But how come men are allowed to be super aggressive and women aren't? Well, not all men are super aggressive. Not and some, all women are super and aggressive. And some women back right off from that, from aggressive men. Give, tell me how you think though, that school, women are never... fighting so hard to take men's dignity away. Because it's not just you. I hear this all the time. I just don't actually see it anywhere. Well, I think they feel that, uh, you know, because we're dating or going out, I don't have to have the meals or get buy the food. Oh, and, you know, you see these men in, in, in the grocery stores now with babies uh, hanging around their necks and they're, they're getting the list of what to buy. Well, you know, they have to do that, too, when the woman is maybe, you know, in a yoga class. Yeah, uh, let me tell you, as a working mom, I sure as hell need my husband to push a stroller and go to the grocery store. Why should I have the same college education men do? work my ass off the same way they do and because I'm the woman I should have to push the stroller and go to the grocery store why can't I ask a man no, to do that you said you were working if you're working if the woman is going to yoga and he's in the grocery store with a baby hanging around his neck and walking up and down the aisle okay. trying to find her but that's I, a difference but, you th but hold on a second you think that yoga doing stay at home mom whose husband is at the store you think she's the feminist or is the feminist a lot more likely to be somebody like me who's saying why can't my husband be the class parent? Why can't my husband be on the email from school? I'm not sure that there's that many feminists who are living in the suburbs going to Neiman Marcus at lunch while their husband's picking up the kids at school. I think the feminists are in the workplace saying, I deserve the big job and I shouldn't have to take a backseat because the boss is a guy. No, they shouldn't have to take a backseat if the boss is a guy if they deserve the job. But do you really think there's that many examples of a woman got this just because she's a woman? Really? There are more now than ever before. Yeah, and guess what? There's always been over history. Countless men who get jobs because they're buddies, because they're girlfriends. Oh, yes. Because look at my husband, right? Well, they I went to the same school. So let's just say right here. I went to public school in New Jersey. My husband went to the fanciest private school there is. He went to Princeton. I went to Lehigh. He played lacrosse at Princeton. That's the strongest network there is. He and I both end up in investment banking. And when we walk onto a trading floor, he looks to the right and he looks to the left, and there's a zillion guys who look just like him saying, come on, Andy, come sit on our desk. Let's teach you. Let's help you. There were no public school girls from Jersey helping me do that. So when you say, well, we don't want a woman to get an opportunity just because she's a woman... What about all the guys who've gotten opportunities forever because they're sports friends or school friends or because they're rich? Or it's the good old boy network. Yes. So why is the good old boy network okay and feminism isn't? I didn't say the good old boy network is okay. You were driven. You did it on your own. You didn't sleep with anybody. You spent a lot of hours. You put in a lot of time. And you could enter a room and make your own mark without having the good old boys circling around but the wagon. But what's wrong with the idea... If a company looks around and says, man, 
Everybody who works here, the majority of people who work here are guys. We need to get some women in the mix. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. If you deserve it. Not because, you know, you should just do it because there's not enough women in the viewing audience, in the group there. That's, that's not why you should get it. You should be the best that you can be in that job to get it. So... When you looked at the Women's March, that's not something you would want to participate Absolutely in. Absolutely not. Why not? Because I don't have to make a difference in my life or how I feel or what my how I'm moving along as a woman without parading up and down or carrying on with a group or screaming and yelling in the streets. I don't have to do that. I can make a difference in my own way as a woman, which I did in the past. Again, you're the strongest woman I know. Does that make me weak? Because I don't want to march? Does that make me weak because I don't want to be in a group that, that has a, a mission? Do you feel like feminists over the years have shown enough respect or been inclusive to people like you who lived a traditional life? No, absolutely not. They think I'm behind the eight ball. They think I should be more forward. They think I should be more forward thinking. They don't think that somebody has to hold the door up to me. I like those niceties. They don't think that counts. Do you think working women judge women who stay at home? Absolutely. What do we think of you? That you settled. You don't have a very big place in this world. You're not going to make much of a difference. You're not going to make an impact. We are. We are the future. Do you think you settled? Uh, in some ways, I didn't go to my where I could have gone. But you also didn't have the opportunity back then. Right. But I'm saying, I think I would have had a different... Uh, carved my life out somewhat differently. I don't regret what I did, but I think I would have carved my life out differently. If I had my own weight, if I had my own independence to do You something. pushed your daughters to be something Absolutely, always. Because I didn't do it for me. So I wanted to make sure they did it for them. I remember being a little girl and driving to the train station to drop Daddy off and sitting next to you in the car. And I can remember, even though I was much closer to you than I, I was him, thinking, I don't want her life, I want his life. He gets on a train and he goes to New York City and he has a whole other world. And this lady is stuck with me all day. Could you feel that I felt that way? Well, I think you felt limited because we didn't do all the things. That, that big adventure that he took every day. We didn't take that adventure every day. Our drive was very ordinary, very basic, very predictable. His was not. Even going on the train it was not predictable. How important was it for you... For your daughters to be financially independent. Financially independent and educated. And your own person, whether you marry or don't marry or have a partner or whatever you want to do. I always wanted you to be independent as far as finance goes and education goes. Do you see a change in the way that you raised me and how I'm raising Drew? Absolutely. Daughter? How? Well, because you offering her so many opportunities that I couldn't afford to with you and your sister and I didn't think that that was necessarily the end all to be all but now that so many things have changed I think that is the end all to be all so something that was such a big part of my life I was a cheerleader oh. and Miss Parkridge and uh, exactly <laughs> I was a cheerleader and a homecoming queen yes do you think I'm ashamed of those things now I don't think you think they count Why? And I think that's part of the foundation. See, I think people forget about the foundation of all of us. You build on the foundation, and they want to break the foundation and start anew. You can't. Buildings don't work like that. Pyramids don't work like that. You have to build on the foundation. There were some very, very good parts of this foundation that people just want to knock down and say, let's start all over again. Well, there you have it. little debate between the feminists and the traditionalists. And to me, they both 
in deep shit anyway. Because the reason they're in deep shit is that men are not getting married. So the bullshit that we're talking about on um, deserving the ring and all that marriage bullshit there is. You know, obviously she's um, her pergamous woman. But um, I digress. That's why Midtown is getting popular. There's nobody out there getting married. Men or women, you know. People are opting out of marriage. So they were, the mother has good points, you know, regarding to the, you know, the, the good old tradition. But those those times are gone. If you listen to this podcast I put out here, you know that <clears throat> women are making more money than men. Um, they are um, graduating in higher numbers than in colleges. Men are pretty much opt out of the job. They're not making that much more money. They are they are doing their own shit. They don't give a fuck, man. They will say fuck this fucking bitches. We care about our happiness. We don't give a fuck if we make fifty thousand, forty thousand, or we make a hundred thousand or one million thousand. Then I get married. You know, only some small cocks and shit like that. And just just wait, man. Wait to another five to ten more years. There's gonna be worse. I think man is gonna do way less than before. You know, than now. Because men out there are just doing themselves. Literally. They are doing themselves. And with this incel um, growing by the day, that's going to be another, you know, <laughs> another thing that's going to happen, you know. Because these women, they, they hype themselves so much, you know. It was it was a point in, in, in this country where ugly women, right? They knew they were ugly, but with social media... These bitches think they hot, they fat and ugly, but social media has hyped them to uh, hype them to be pretty, even though they're ugly bitches. That's why I say there's so many incels out there. Well, this these two women out there in that, in that little talk, I can see the age difference and the generation um, difference, and you can see the mother when she talk about the foundation. That foundation is gone. You know that foundation is is, is gone. It's disappeared. It's, it's, it's non-existent, you know. The the marriage. You look at all these um, companies that are losing money when it comes down to um, selling gold, diamond, wedding, uh, wedding um, uh, services, wedding part. Everything is just going down. I mean, I just I just made a podcast that has been the the longest uh, marriage that people are not getting married in 150 years. So, these bitches, they don't have a clue what they talking about. Yeah, they got fancy vocabulary and shit. But we hear Metal exposing a fucking skank and telling the world the truth. What's going on in reality with men and women. Especially us, Metal. We know the fucking truth. We know what's happening in today's society. Well, gentlemen, this is my segment for right now. And I'll be right back. Let's talk about a little bit of incel. So, see you in a bit. Well, it's official, gentlemen. The internet media have gone bananas. They've gone crazy. Yeah, no doubt. You know, since the Joker opened, or before the Joker opened, 
though. They're talking about the incels and all of these week and a half, man. I've been reading articles after articles about the incel shit. And now the verge on Saturday. And I don't know if that's left wing um, um, website. But um, it the article is so disturbing. He says, should they, should we treat the incel as terrorists? And they go and talk about the Toronto attacks and, you know, that most um, most shooters are men. Well, they forgot to mention that 26 out of 28 shooters came from single mother home. See, they forgot to mention that. They don't put that in there, right? Um, we got into this incel business. You know, I think within the last two weeks, it's been unfairly attacked. I know they've done a lot of crazy shit in the past. Um, but since the Joker movie, this, this, this media out here on the internet, this went way, way out of control. Just way. They, they're giving this, this man too much credit. You know, there's a bunch of goofballs out there on the internet putting shit and, and trolling and shit like that. You know, um, I do not agree too much in the incel, um, ideology. I really don't. I think to me it's kind of kooky because they want to have family. They want to have girlfriend for some reason or another. They have problems, mental issues. I get it, you know, or some of them just idiots. I get it. And they frustrated. They can have sex. They want to get their dick wet, but they can. And sometimes they just get violent with people, you know. Cause it's not once these motherfuckers set off, they get they they kill men and women. They don't give a fuck, you know. As shown in the past. Well, I want to play you these um fucking article right here by The Verge, because they they going as far as treating the incels as terrorist group, you know. This is what the article is about, and this came on Saturday. And then they're gonna inch their way in, right? And then they're gonna say, uh, we need to um treat. Metal as terrorist group. You know, they inching the way in. I saw a lot of shit about the incel all these fucking two weeks and a half. Articles after articles after articles, the incel, incel. And I I, I refuse to talk about it. But today I'm going to talk about it because I'm fucking sick and fed up with this shit. Metal. So I'm going to play, you know how we say out here, metal. You know, gentlemen, the future is between men and machine. The future is not between... Family, the future is not between men and, 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 and kids, or the future is between men and women. No, the future is between men and machine. And um, I want to play you this um, article here so you guys can hear how this insanity has gone. So let me play this for you men out there. Should we treat insults as terrorists? The Toronto attack showed us what gender-based terrorism looks like. Bye. Audie Robertson, on October 5th, 2019, 12 p.m. Photo by Creative Touch Imaging Limited near Photo Ryogetti Images. In April of 2018, a 25-year-old man killed 10 people in Toronto and injured many more. A Facebook post hinted that the killer was part of the Insel movement, a mostly online community of men obsessed with their own involuntary celibacy. Last week, an interview transcript and video removed all doubt, comma the perpetrator claimed to be launching an uprising against attractive and average men because women refused to date him, 
But the interview didn't just confirm what we already knew. It described an inchoate form of terrorism in a surprising way, not as isolated acts inspired by an internet echo chamber, but as something like an organized movement, with growing pressure to fight violent for right movements based on racism and nationalism. Insults are demonstrating more clearly than ever what a terrorist group motivated by gender looks like, and it could be completely intentional. The interview took place soon after the attack. Although it was only made public last Friday, speaking with a detective, perpetrator Alec Manashin, who now faces multiple charges of murder and attempted murder, described the process of being radicalized by insul ideology online. He called himself part of an uprising or a rebellion to overthrow society as it currently exists, all for the purpose of forcing women to reproduce with the insults. The claims are debatable, but the goal was terrorism. Moreover, Menashin claimed, apparently without evidence, to have actively corresponded with at least two other mass murderers before their attacks, including Elliot Roger, an insul who killed six people in 2014. We were plotting certain timed strikes on society in order to confuse and shake the foundations, just to put all the normies in a state of panic, he said. Menashin's claims aren't publicly verified. But the goals he's describing mirror those of other violent for-right hate groups, which, over the past couple of years, have increasingly been kicked off web platforms and scrutinized by law enforcement. Extreme insults have been described as terrorists before, after the murders in Toronto. Voxestak Beecham wrote that Minashin wasn't taking revenge on a specific woman who wronged him. He wanted to instill terror in society writ large. The label was previously applied to Roger, who fantasized about a mass movement that would kill huge numbers of women, and gender-based terrorism, attacks meant to instill widespread fear, not just kill individuals, has a much longer history. Canada's most deadly modern mass shooting, the 1989 massacre at Montreal's Ecole Polytechnique, was aimed at keeping women away from science and engineering work, historically. It's been hard to make the terror label stick to misogynist violence, in part because that violence is so varied and so common. Many mass shooters, who are overwhelmingly male, have a history of violence against women. In fact, it's one of the most common traits among them. While most homicide victims are male, nearly half of women killed in the U.S. over the past decade were murdered by male intimate partners, who are often motivated by mainstream gendered ideas about power and control, not extremist ideology. Drawing a line between those two things can seem almost futile, unless, that is, a group is actually trying to be seen as terrorists. That's exactly what Minashin insists insults are. Not only a unified, radical force with a common goal, but one with a leader who is supposedly trying to coordinate attacks. That's strikingly at odds with the standard narrative for all kinds of internet-inspired terrorism, let alone gender-based violence. Beecham, for example, described insults as a mutually supportive echo chamber with no centralized planning, no insult equivalent to of Osama bin Laden. Other far-right terrorists are often spuriously described as isolated lone wolf killers who are inspired by propaganda, but Minashin portrays insults, or at least a subset of them as an outright organized hate group, closer to the far-right group Atomwaffen than your average 4chan forum. Rule. In some ways, the terrorism comparison is a poor fit. 
Ensels aren't putting forward new ideas about gender, like other parts of the manosphere, a loosely defined group of male supremacist subcultures. They build on existing ugly tropes about women, in their case, women are shallow and only date handsome jerks, and some go online just to commiserate with other lonely people, but a highly visible subset of insults take their complaints to surreal and uniquely nihilistic extremes, instead of simply complaining that lots of women won't date them, they posit that literally all women are viscerally disgusted by all men who don't meet an objective, universal, and ridiculously high standard of male beauty, they're monomaniacal focused on romantic relationships as the only worthwhile goal in life, and they resist basically any solution except forcible revolution, it's the kind of apocalyptic fundamentalism that you can find on a far larger scale in Islamist and white supremacist terrorist movements, while some posts are probably internet hyperbole, people like Menashin still act directly on their ideas, and are celebrated for it. Insults aren't coming up with new ideas about gender. Some mainstream thinkers have echoed insult-like ideas. Self-help guru Jordan Peterson used Menashin's case to make an argument for vague and apparently non-forceful enforced monogamy. And Catholic New York Times columnist Ross Douthat invoked insults to score points against the sexual revolution. But even if you find Peterson or Douthat's ideas retrograde, there's still a huge gap between those viewpoints and extreme insults fatalistic millenarianism, the same way there's a gap between condoning racial discrimination and wanting to imminently establish an all-white ethnistic. Of course, we've had trouble drawing these lines in other areas. Online groups like Atomorphin can be identified and studied on their own, but the government has trouble when they intersect with racism and conventional politics. In the US, Republican politicians pushed the Department of Homeland Security to ignore for-right terrorism out of fear that it would demonize mainstream conservatism. Singling out fringe hate movements can also let people downplay harm from less extreme groups. Bigotry exists on a spectrum, and big, impersonal social structures can cause huge amounts of damage in their own way, but violent fringe groups pose a specific kind of threat that's worth addressing. And while insults aren't a defined organization like a militia or a cult, they're a movement built around specific gathering places like the subreddit Arbrinsels, which was banned a few days after the interview video was posted as part of a larger Reddit purge. These spaces aren't all hateful, but some clearly are irrevocably poisoned by violence, to the point of jokingly adopting Roger as a saint. Combine these factors and you get a distinct movement with an unusually radical belief system, not just a free-floating group of trolls or a simple reflection of offline sexism. Rule. Menashin almost certainly isn't offering an accurate portrait of what extreme insults are doing, like other mass colors from internet hate subcultures. It can be hard to separate his attempts at irony from straightforward extremism or delusion. At one point he straight facetly references Pepe the Frog being worshipped quite frequently on 4chan, referring to a well-known forum meme. Menashin also offered no proof that he'd corresponded with other killers. The claim could easily be self-aggrandizing myth-making for Menashin specifically or the movement in general. There's a lot of self-aggrandizing myth-making here. But insults real violence and hateful rhetoric, amid an overall epidemic of mass shootings, may be having an effect. 
Men Ashen's video was released a few days after the U.S. Army warned service members that insults might attack screenings of the film. Joker, apparently based on a bulletin from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and that followed weeks of speculation that Joker would appeal to the subculture, since its protagonist is a socially outcast male loser who turns to violence. Based on early reviews, the Joker is not an insult, just a broadly disaffected and isolated man. Minosphere tracking blog, We Hunted the Mammoth documented some insults who were upset about being tarred as the next ISIS, but that's exactly how Minashin describes them. It's definitely what Roger, who urged fellow insults to start envisioning a world where women fear you, wanted. Meanwhile, U.S. and Canadian law enforcement face increasing pressure to treat domestic terrorism as seriously as they have groups like ISIS. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security recently named violent white supremacy as a major security threat. This year, Canada added two for right groups to its terror watch list for the first time. The president of the FBI Agents Association has also asked Congress to make domestic terrorism a federal crime, which could be largely symbolic, but may still make investigating and prosecuting it easier. Rev. Adam Schiff, DCA, and Senator Martha Mixley, RAZ, both proposed domestic terrorism bills in the wake of this summer's mass shooting in El Paso, Texas which would make it far easier to crack down on ideologically extreme groups. Insults, again, don't seem remotely as powerful, organized, or numerous as for right militias or members of a group like ISIS. But there is still every reason to treat them as an ideologically motivated extremist movement rather than lumping them in with broader trolling, among other things. It offers a clearer case for specifically deplatforming the most hateful parts of the movement, the way that sites like the Daily Stormer have been driven off many social media platforms, domain registrars, and payment processing services, it means less debate each time platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Reddit consider banning accounts that deal in specifically insult-related misogyny, for a movement that exists almost entirely online, that's potentially a big deal. Rule. This all ignores one huge question. Do we actually want to define more kinds of hate as terrorism? The war on terror of the zeros gave rise to sweeping surveillance and torture programs. Law enforcement has gone after potential ISIS recruits with aggressive sting operations that may not actually make us safer. More generally, companies and policymakers have responded to mass shootings with exhaustive and debatably useful social media monitoring and law enforcement has infiltrated activist movements along with hate groups, urging them to heavily monitor internet subcultures like the Insel movement could erode online civil liberties in the process, although based on the army memo, that surveillance might be happening already. Calling anything terrorism is a fraught decision. Deplatforming also raises real questions about how infrastructure companies should police content. You can leave Facebook and Twitter to start your own website. But domain registrars and DDoSH protection services are low-level systems that can control whether any site stays online. To what extent do we want private companies making huge decisions about online speech with essentially no oversight? But we're already asking these questions about other kinds of hate content. Adding insults to the list doesn't substantially change the conversation. Soon after Minashin's attack, Wired writer Nicole Kobe criticized, breathless and over 
detailed coverage of insult terminology and beliefs. Because violence against women inexplicably isn't seen as terrorism, such sites and their messages are viewed as mere curiosities, she wrote. She argued that the focus on insults amounted to suggesting men who violently hate women is an intriguing, new, internet-only trend rather than a familiar form of hate crime. Strangely, though, treating insults as a distinct phenomenon, whether that's a terrorist group, a hate movement, or something else, might help us parse the hugely complex problem of gendered violence. If Minashin wants to conjure the specter of a militant misogynist uprising, maybe we should take him at his word. Correct. Well, there you have it, gentlemen. There's a lot of confusion and shit that the government trying to put out there with the media and everybody out there. You know, it's the hypocrisy. Uh, the previous statement, um, you saw these feminists um, saying that she would want to engage violence against men. And then you see these people have failed to tell you that um, 28 out of 20, um, 26 out of 28 mass shooters came from single mothers. So let's blame the single mother for doing racing these fucking maniacs out there who are doing those crazy shootings and shit like that. But no, 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 no. They failed to mention that. And then they say um, there's more violence against women by men. Well, by the significant other, right? The men. Well, women's the one who decide to be with Pookie. Women decide who we to be with Tyrone. Women the one who want to be with Billy Bob. Women's the one who want to be with Joselito. Women is the one who want to be with Juan the gangster. So if you chose those type of men, they obviously they're not straight in the head. And what what you expect? What do you expect? You see? It's hypocrisy. And I don't know what the government jumping in here and, and I don't buy none of that bullshit. I think it's nothing but a Horse crap. They just trying to silence men and shit like that. I do not agree with the with the incel ideology. I really don't. I don't get it. I just don't get the whole shebang. What the fuck they do out there in the incel community or whatever. I just don't get it. But I don't think. I don't believe they should be like a, a terrorist group. I mean, just because a um, few of them did some shit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> That doesn't mean they, they have to be classified as terrorists. But we all, we all know what's going on here. They're just trying to silence one group. See, they go after one group, right? And then they go after another group. And then they go after another group. And then no, there's nobody left. How come they don't go after this fucking Marxist feminist? Who wants to kill men and, and, and beat men and stuff like that. <coughs> well, they won't do that. They won't do that. Now they're precious ladies out there. They don't do, you know, um, women do not do um, any harm, you know. Just listen to my podcast and see how many so human skanks I suppose are here in this podcast. Go, go check out the titles I got there. Bunch of titles where these bitches be doing all kinds of nasty shit too. Women as bad as men. Trust me, they bad as men. Um, every fucking day I can expose bitches doing some crime somewhere, somehow. From raping boys, to murdering their husbands, to from... Bigamy, you name it. You name it. It's here in the Metal um, podcast that I got here. One of the hottest podcasts for Metal. Well, Metal, you know, we're living in some crazy times. It's just bananas out there. Well, gentlemen, this is going to be the podcast for today. It was a long podcast. I hope you enjoy it. You can follow me on Telegram, Kendall Rican, Instagram, Kendall Rican. Um, cock tube, big shoop, and um, and um, you can also, if you want to sponsor the podcast, it's 
99 cents a tier per month just hit that button right there and um set i'll set you up right there for 99 cents a month and um i'm thinking about opening up a special telegram um chat group for people that listen to the podcast and they can put on um, different views and opinions and um post pictures and stuff like that but if you're interested i have a, a, a chat group already it's called um and telegram um metal terror squad so if you're out, out there if you want to check it out it's free um you can put posters out there and shit like that and put your opinion regarding to the podcast well gentlemen i say peace state metal i definitely catch you in the next podcast or video